It's most important to hear Jesus' words when they speak a, a word of challenge to us. You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou So this year, um, this August, will mark the 15th anniversary of my ordination um, as a pastor. And what that means is that because we have a three-year lectionary cycle, meaning every three years the readings repeat, it means this is the sixth time I've gotten to preach on this particular text. And I have a confession to make. I hate it. <laughs> I hate preaching on this text. Um, it's the kind of sermon that when you're done, no one pats you on the back at the back of the sanctuary and says, that's one of the better ones, Pastor. Because all of us feel the same thing when we hear it. I do, and I've never met anyone who hasn't felt the same thing. We all see Jesus' point, and we know we're supposed to be like Mary, but all of us feel and like and sympathize with Martha. Like we've got too much to do. Like we're feeling anxious and troubled by many things and things are sort of piling on to us. Um, but it's, it's important. It's most important to hear Jesus' words when they speak a, a word of challenge to us. Because that's the necessary course correction we need um, to help live more godly lives. And so, it's not, they're not always the most encouraging texts, but they're some of the most important ones for us to pay attention to. As we pay attention to this text, the first thing we should realize is that Martha had the full expectation that she was in the right. And that's why I love that when this comes around every three years, right next to the story of Mary and Martha is the story of Abraham with the strangers from the book of Genesis. That story, the story of the visitation of Abraham, that's called, is one of the most important stories of the Old Testament in terms of the culture it helped create. If you go to the Middle East to this day, or if you have any friends who are from the Middle East, they are not joking when they talk about Middle Eastern hospitality being amazing. Um, it's true for Jews, Christians, and uh, Muslims, all those who call Abraham the father of their faith. This story sets the tone for the way that strangers are to be welcomed. A couple of years ago, I got to uh, spend time with the Coptic Church in Anvil. Those are Egyptian Christians living here in Pennsylvania. And if you think you have a long commute to church, some of them are driving two hours to come to church. There were people who lived in State College who worshipped down near Palmyra. Um, that was the size of their parish. Uh, well, I was there with them for the baptism of our Lord, which is a big festival day for them. And after a seven-hour worship service, where you stood for seven hours. <laughs> the service ended at 2 a.m. and they all went down to the social hall to have a party. Now, I left at 6, but they were still kicking it. <laughs> they were having a great time. Um, but because I was the guest, 
Even though it was just like a church potluck here where you go up and everyone goes through the line, I wasn't allowed to serve myself. They said, you sit here, and then they just brought me food for four hours. <laughs> they were welcoming a stranger in their midst the same way Abraham welcomed the strangers into his. And the book of Hebrews will pick this up for Christians and say, do not neglect the hospitality because some have entertained angels unawares. And that's what we know Abraham is doing. So Martha, when she came up to Jesus and said, don't you think my sister should be helping me? Fully expected that the visiting rabbi in her, in her house would back her up. Because everyone knows the importance of hospitality. But Jesus stops her dead in her tracks with a word of caution and maybe even rebuke. Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. You see, if you're from that culture, you have that training. You honor the Lord when you honor your guest. But in this case, her guest was the Lord. And so there were new responsibilities, new priorities to be set. Things that would take away that anxiety and trouble and the distraction we're told she is experiencing. Jesus is teaching her a lesson about setting and living according to your priorities. Now, I've been an ordained minister for 15 years this summer, but I started in ministry 23 years ago in Michigan. Um, I was a full-time youth minister at a fairly large church. And one of the Sunday school teachers there, one of our adult Sunday school teachers, um, was blessed in his professional life with being trained by the Covey Leadership Center. And he had a license to bring in some videos and stuff that normally, you know, big CEO types paid hundreds of dollars to see. Um, and he showed us a video that was one of the best videos on priority setting I've ever seen in my life and about how it works in our lives. Um, I was blessed, I was excited to find when I was preparing for this sermon that I was, I was thinking I might have to demonstrate by example up here, but knowing it's a communion Sunday, I was worried about getting the little, the little pebbles you're about to see all over the floor and make, creating a tripping hazard. So I discovered that it's true. Anything you want is on YouTube somewhere if you look hard enough for it. <laughs> And so the exact video I got to see 23 years ago was available on YouTube. Uh, and so I'm going to share it with you now. This was, um, the, this was presented by the late Stephen Covey. Uh, he just passed away a few years ago. Um, and it's, it's a thing about setting priorities. Uh, he's going to use one little phrase in there that may not make sense. He's going to talk about sharpening the saw. And what that is, that was a metaphor that they used for replenishing your resources. Um, if you're cutting down something, you find out the saw is dull, you're going to work really hard. If you don't stop long enough to sharpen the saw, then go back to work. So that's the metaphor you might not catch otherwise. Sarah, could you pop forward two screens? There you go. You're in a good, busy life, right? You have a work life, family life as well, children, yeah. What's the nature of your work? Consulting. Do you have a, a part of the firm, consulting firm? Yeah. An international firm. An international firm. So you really are interfacing with all kinds of people in the firm and outside the firm. That's 
you also do direct work with the clients yourself? And you have a number of associates you work with all around this country and throughout the world? Starting? Yes. You want a rich personal life and a rich family life and also community and so forth. Do you ever feel like you get bogged down in the thick of thin things? Yes. <laughs> Do you ever feel like your life is kind of out of balance, out of whack? I can't be. Do you ever feel like you're in the pound and surf? Mm -hmm. You know, where you just have one big wave after another knock you down, you stagger back and then there comes another wave, and another one knocks you down to where it just kind of beats you up? Well, that might be analogous to Little small things that tend to fill our life. And they're just little by little, they just accumulate. Now, your job, you can't go above this, is to get all those large rocks in the jar. Good luck. Describe each cross as she puts them in. What's that one called? Q2. Planning, preparation. Right. Planning, preparation, prevention, and empowerment. Q2. That which is not urgent but important. Right. Am I picking these up anymore? Any way you want. You want to get them all in there because they're all important. Well, you have the little rocks as they are now, but you can't go above this. Can I put this down? Sure. <laughs> okay, the next rock you put in there is called relationships and family. trying to make it so she can get them all in there on the assumption that by moving the other ones around it makes more space. <laughs> you can look at that third rock you put in there, that's employment, some key employment issue, and then you put major projects here. I can't get it above there. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's fair. That's called Service Community Church. <laughs> Do you ever feel like this? Yes. <laughs> How many feel like this? <laughs> still going? Yeah, yeah. Try to get them in there. <laughs> You're a hands-on person. She just put down the shop and the saw. <laughs> How many frequently do that? 
I just don't have time today to sharpen the saw. You ever been too busy driving to take time to get gas? Vacation's important to her. By moving the little things around, you might squeeze in one more of those big major things. It's almost.
opportunity to do all the things that are important first and block out when I have the fullest amount available and then all the little things will fit the thing. Even if this were higher with the green rocks, you may neglect some of them, see? Mm -hmm. But so what? These are just fillers. Fillers and they're not important. These things you've decided are the most important thing. So I live the same life you do. <laughs> and uh, this represents the ideal, but not the way most of us live day to day. Uh, most of us are tyrannized by the urgent, as Dwight Eisenhower says. But every day, God in his mercy gives us a fresh bucket. Gives us something we can start afresh with um, and allows us to make priorities set priorities and put the first things in that we wish. As Christians, we are to know that the first stone we should be putting in is our relationship with God. That is the good portion which will not be taken away from us. Everything else eventually is. And there's, that's bad in some ways it feels, but it's also good because it means you don't have all the anxiety and trouble that comes with all those little green stones. But putting our relationship in with God first allows that bucket to get centered. And then as we are transformed by our time with Him, first and foremost by the renewing of our minds through His Word, which is what we're told in Romans 12.2, here at the table of His Supper we are, where we are sustained spiritually and bodily and a great foretaste of the feast to come, in all these ways, we are prepared by God to help then put in the priorities that are on His list with the limited amount of time that we all have. God, Jesus, in our reading today, never castigates Martha for serving. But if she wants to honor the Lord by honoring her guest, she has a rabbi in her home, the Lord himself, as we will know later. Do you honor him more by feeding him or by listening to the teaching he has come to give? It's her priorities that are misplaced, not her desire to serve. And when our priorities are in place, when our priorities are relationship with Christ, God can set in order all the ways in which we serve. The relationships in our lives, He's going to empower us and direct us in those, the tasks we have. Serving others in love. You're not only serving a, a young child, but I know you guys are soccer coaches too, so you've got other people you serve. Each of us has many, many calls in our lives to serve. But if our doing isn't rooted in our being, we'll always be occupied in our doing with anxiety and a sense of trouble and distraction. But when we know who we are in Christ because we have allowed that to be our top priority, our relationship with Him, to be reminded of who we are in His grace and by His blood and His redemption, then we can attend to our doing without anxiety. This is the call of the Christian life and Christ in His mercy makes it new every day, every moment.
regardless of the choices we've made in the past. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you have come searching for us even when we failed to search for you. That you have given more to us than we give to you and more than we could ever ask for. And as we confess that we have not always prioritized you in our lives, maybe often don't, we thank you that your mercies are new every day. That you are calling us ever and anon back to that covenant relationship you established with us in baptism back to your mercy seat back to your love and never ending grace and Lord we would pray as we return to you again and hear these words not as addressed to Martha but as to us that we would prioritize you in our lives that the good portion that cannot be taken away from us would be the thing we find most important that it can set in order the other loves and responsibilities in our lives, that it can help order our relationships with our families, with our co-workers, with our friends and neighbors in the community, that it can order our doings so that the less important things might be released and the most important things attended to, that we might replenish ourselves by your word and by your sacrament for service to you. For we can truly give you glory when we can truly serve our neighbors. We can only truly serve our neighbors when we have already sat at your feet and heard the good news of your love for us. Bless us to hear it afresh now and always. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. To me, say that thou art Be thou my best thought in the day and the night Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life